All right, here we go. We are here with the Shannon Jones, the legend. You've probably seen her videos floating around on TikTok or Instagram, um, shooting bow and arrows with her feet, calling out the school system, whatever, uh, whatever it may be that day. So thank you for being here, Shannon. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I mean, so I think I discovered you like this time last year, something like that, about a year ago. Um, and I feel like that's when you and I both at the same time started sharing more about the carnivore diet and and that kind of thing. Is that right? Is that around the time you started uh, going down that path with the diet or were you on it sooner? Um, I had transitioned from vegan to... I get a bit more of a pescatarian diet a couple of months beforehand, but it was about a year ago that I started incorporating more meat and liver and going down that rabbit hole of Western price. And yeah, that was certainly <laughs> fun. Did you go through that vegan stage as well? Or were you always kind of? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I grew up just eating meat, hunting far on a farm and all that stuff, but I did have a, I had a short vegan phase less than a year where I was full blown on Dr. Sebi diet, the alkaline diet. And I was just honestly, the reason I had to get out of it is because I was falling apart mentally, physically. I was just a fucking wreck. Um, and it was because I wasn't properly, you know, uh, my nutrition wasn't on point. So that ended up, I went down this rabbit hole of, I was like, okay, what did Native Americans eat? That's like where it started for me. I went down this whole rabbit hole of reading things about the Native Americans diet before um, before Europeans came in, which ultimately led me to the carnivore diet. And it was literally like this time last year when I really started taking it seriously. And I feel like that's around the time. Yeah, I feel like we were both doing that at the same time. And I think that's how we connected because I had checked and you were already following me on TikTok. I was wondering what video you saw. I was guessing it was probably me eating like a raw heart or something. Uh, not quite. I <laughs> was creating like uh, stretching yoga content at the time. So my For You page was just targeting me with maze yoga. podcast, And then obviously you're kind of in this niche, this pro-metabolic, health first, a uh, bit of a spiritual woo-woo niche that I enjoy conceiving content from. So that was how that alignment happened. Interesting. Yeah, Maze is my guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. So I'm curious your thoughts then. What are we doing? You say this health, spiritual space. I often ponder because like our lives are fucking weird. I mean, I don't know about how you feel, but I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, ah, like this is such a unique. That's why I share it is because it is a unique lifestyle. I feel as though we're almost diving into the past and bringing those principles to the modern world. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I guess the trending health topics at the moment are like grounding, uh, sustainable, regenerative uh, practices when it comes to food, quality water, um, spending time with community, community first, earth first, soil first, like all of these principles are coming up and trending at the moment, which I just think is so amazing. You know, let it be trending. Let, let the word get out. Um, yeah. What is that we're doing? I think about this all the time. Like, what am I really doing as a content creator? You know, I've found myself to be in this position where I am creating content. And the majority of my work is online in this realm. And I'm constantly talking about um, how important it is to vote with your dollar and put community first. And, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So working on the spiritual, the physical, the mental um, thing is so important. But at the same time, I'm using this device to spread this message, which is like sucking people back into the matrix. Mm. Like, it's such a paradox. How do you? Um, it is. Your approach well, I, I mean, so I'm in, we're young, right? We're, we're both yeah. very young. Like we're, just, we're evolving. Like we're trying to figure this out. Like I, I don't have it fucking like totally figured out by any means, but uh, 
when I, I do think about that, and it is a paradox, the whole device technology escapism situation. But the way I look at it is, listen, these people are going to be scrolling on these platforms, the Matrix, no mm. matter what, no matter what, no, whether mm. or not you're sharing, whether or not you're off living in the woods, eating fucking fruit they're still going to be on the device. So if you can, I think that's like, that's like the ultimate alchemy is mm. to, is to separate yourself from it. And, and, but and then consciously dive in mm. and share things that are raising the vibration of that particular matrix. Whether it's Instagram or TikTok, you know what I mean? Like people are going to be seeing things anyway. So if they can see something that inspires them, because basically, I mean, really what I've figured out is it's all about inspiration. It's it's we I think sometimes and there are people that are educators, but I think that we get lost thinking that we're educating. We're not mm. educating people like mm. you and I. I don't think we're educating. We're inspiring. There's a difference. Because there's yeah. only so much you can tell somebody in a 30 second clip. What you're doing is you're inspiring them to investigate further. Mm. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that. And I think that's why short form content is so powerful because what gets pushed is the most effective way to demonstrate or relay a concept in the shortest amount of time. So you're mm -hmm. kind of dropping these little Easter eggs around to help people, you know, go down their own paths and do their own research and, you know, I don't know what qualifications or background you have, but I'm just personally sharing my own experience and my own learnings. I'm never going to be like a carnivore MD. You know, I've been studying for 10 years type. Like I didn't go down that traditional path. And I think what's relatable about your content and my content is that, um, yeah, that relatability, that humanness, that just approaching life, trying to, yeah, I guess that humanness. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And and that's the feedback I get. That's what people tell me. Like they yeah. like that. They like that it's not this like dressed up, like overproduced thing. Cause I, I mean, I've I'm just like you. I have zero qualifications to yeah. I mean, but like that's why I'm not on here like trying to tell you mm. about the fucking like every mineral that's in this piece of mm food like that's not my that's just not my expertise all I say is like you know mm. and I don't even I'm in a phase now I I mean I don't even post that much about food at this point mm. I'm talking about other things um at this point yeah. um but I still mention it obviously I also saw because I work with a couple different uh, medicinal mushroom companies and I saw that you are working with one that I'm assuming yeah. is based in Australia or New Zealand yeah, yeah, it's based in Australia. The founder just lives down the road from me and we've been friends for a couple of years. So, yeah, big fan of Lifecycle and I only really work with brands that I've personally been using for a while or have a connection with. I really don't shill anything on my page unless it's like, you know, from a friend that I genuinely support. So, yeah, big mm -hmm. fan, of, fan of mushrooms, both functional and medicinal. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so okay, this is a great segue into here's what I really want to know. Was this whole awakening, this whole lifestyle change, was it induced by psychedelic experiences? <laughs> um, it certainly played a big role in yes. um my life and I think I got into plant medicines when I was quite young looking back now um but yeah I don't know I think I always kind of had that drive I was a bit of a people pleaser growing up and then I just hit a wall when I was 16 I was like I need to get out of here there's no way that I'm going to be doing this traditional lifestyle that I thought I would be um like when you grow up a child, like people pleaser that's excelling in school, you have this path paved out for you. And I just like 10, 16, 10, 17, and just didn't want anything to do with it. So, you know, I began busking on the streets on my weekends. I would drive down an hour to Byron Bay, which is like a little coastal town. And I would be busking on the side of the road on Friday, Saturday nights, Sunday nights. And then I'd drive to school on Monday and be sleeping in my car. And through that experience, I 
you know, we'd meet really interesting people and was exposed to this alternative living. I was exposed to content creators, circus performers, like this, all of these people that were seeking a lifestyle that was so untraditional. And then what came with that was, you know, a bit of help from plants and yeah, love and community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's just <clears throat> because I, my content and what I'm talking about is always kind of just evolving based on where I'm at Mm. and where I'm at right now is like, obviously I went down the psychedelic path years ago, but I'm like just now realizing how important that experience is like Mm. all the things we share, all the things we talk about as inspiring as it is, you, I feel like you need direct experience with the divine, with mm. coming outside of your own mind and the boxes that you're living in. You have to have that direct experience. That is what shifts, makes a radical shift in a person. Yeah. Just using my own self as example. And then for years, friends, watching people, talking to people, I mean, like, that experience is so crucial. So um, it excites me. It makes me feel like maybe this is where a lot of my work uh, is headed. You know, mm. like the nutrition and all that stuff is very important to me. But like this is something I feel very passionate about. Um, I don't know how that look. <laughs> yeah. It's really Sorry, cool. it's <laughs> Let's just go down a little bit. Hello? Hi. Cool, we're back. <laughs> okay. Okay. Dope. I did catch I did catch everything except the last sentence. I forget what the last sentence was. I'm saying I don't know how this is gonna how that'll play out for me, but I'm just oh. like really, really fascinated with uh the psychedelics. And I have been for years. It's just like it's so funny to me how like that fascination hasn't gone away because mm. a lot of things I I'm like a I go all in on things I, I absorb everything I can about it and mm. I integrate it into my life and then I move on to the next thing but this is something that just keeps coming back and keeps showing up and just, it amazes me every time do you do you think that they're I mean obviously they're very important right yeah, I mean, I think especially when I first started getting into um, psychedelics, mushrooms mostly, mm. the concepts that keep coming up is like um, love, community, uh, being in tune with nature and working with it in harmony, realizing that the universe is is us, it's a part of us, the universe is here for us, not against us, and these concepts of things that people are naturally drawn to through meditation or just through being in nature and this like reminder. And when you're experiencing that and it's like a different sense of knowing that definitely changes people once they've experienced it. And you can tell when somebody has, you know, had an experience like that when previously they hadn't and like you can pick up on it. Absolutely. Drawn to it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to sit here and say, Go do it, but hey, <laughs> hey! If if you feel it's a calling, would you say? Yeah. I feel like it's a calling. You know, I mean, if you don't feel called to it, don't do it. But it is. It feels like a calling. It feels like a a destiny, almost. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And you can tell if you're truly being honest with yourself whether or not it's a call or whether it's just a desire. Hmm. Yeah, because it's the the hot thing right now. Yeah. 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 Or if you've taken it and you haven't really taken the time afterwards to integrate it and process it and you're already wanting to like um, chase the love or chase that experience. Yeah, if you have some reflection, you can I think tell the difference between that desire and that call. Mm. Well said. And so that, so then I'm, I'm, then I'm assuming later on you got into the medicinal functional mushrooms like chaga, reishi, lion's mane, cordyceps. Yeah. That's how it went for me. I am really, really loving cordyceps. 
I've been doing cordyceps for months and I am, it, do you use it? Yeah, yeah, I'm drinking my mushroom coffee now with cordyceps. So by the end of this interview, I'm going to be buzzing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works, right? Yeah. Do you make, yeah. do you mix, uh, do you mix psilocybin in with your drinks or do you, because I know you microdose, right? Yeah, yeah. I go through um, phases on and off. Yeah, not at the moment, but. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I did this morning. I just love microdosing, going to the coffee shop. It's like one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, a bit of people watching. And people watching. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And I do a lot of my video editing then too. And I get like really into it. I get really into uh, into the edits. Um, yeah, the editing process. That's... Um... Yeah, I'm still trying to find the love for the editing when it comes to content creation. I think you, I definitely underestimated how long it takes to edit like a one minute video on TikTok. <laughs> It'll take me hours sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the uh the hard part is the edit, is the back end. Mm. Uh, so you haven't hired somebody to do that by now? Um, not really. I think. I'm kind of specific with like the images that I use and the way I wanted it to be edited. And I think I could go through the process of finding someone and training them up. But yeah, I think it's just more convenient for me to do it at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I've hired, I've hired people before. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know if you know, but like I have a client service business where I literally, that's what I do is make clips. So I'm mm -hmm. literally, I'm making clips all day. I used to have a guy, but, I'm with you. I'm very particular about how I like it done. Mm. Yeah. And, how many clients do oh, how many clients do I have right now? Yeah. Like seven or eight. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's my full-time job. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. Be and, and this is another thing I wanted to talk with you about, because I feel like um, another big theme of mine is the, the light, the free lifestyle. Mm. And when I say free, I don't mean like everything's free. I mean, like I am free. I am free to sit here on the grass naked and do my work mm. while smoking a joint. If I so pleased to do so, like, you know, cause, I, cause I mean, you're the same way. I'm like, you're still working, but it's different. It's there's there's more freedom to it. And I really value that. I've been that way my whole life. I've been an entrepreneur since I can remember. I've been running businesses since I was 16. Um, I've never had like a, a real job or anything like that. Um, cause yeah. I, no, I keep going. Yeah, because I because I think that that like the feedback I get is that most people love to see the kind of things that we're doing and they want to do these things, but it always comes back to, but I have a job. I have to go to work. You know what I'm saying? Do you get those? Yeah, I guess fortune favors the bold and it's not for everyone. And I'm super privileged to be in the position that I am now where I have this level of freedom, but um yeah, I've definitely gone through my fair share of waves being like a broke circus performer and like living this free lifestyle, but, you know, not having as much security as yeah, I do now. But yeah, it's a pretty amazing lifestyle, this content creator thing. And I don't know about you, but I have had this like desire to be a content creator since I was like in school, you know, 15, 16. Um, so yeah, I think if you have that feeling and you want to go down, you know, more than enough people have gone down this path and shared little tutorials and there's like plenty of information online to teach you step-by-step step how to do it. So yeah, if anyone's uh, looking to get into content creation, it's a fun, fun life. Did you see that um, survey or study they did where they asked a bunch of school children, like what they wanted to be when they grew up? And they all and say YouTuber. <laughs> Yeah, YouTuber, TikToker, comparatively to like, you know, 10, 20 years ago, where it was like an astronaut or a vet yeah. or a biologist. <laughs> like, I biology. love that. Yeah. 
I love it. I mean, like I, I could see how an older person would look at, you know, us Gen Z people and be like, oh, my God, like, it's so terrible. They all just want to be on YouTube. But it's like, why would they go work some fucking bullshit job when they mm. can do this? Who yeah. in their right mind, who in their right mind, if they knew in their gut and in their heart that they could pull this off, that mm. they could figure this out. And I think what you may would choose something else. And I think you made an amazing point when you mentioned the security. Mm. I, I and you hunted security before <laughs> we even turned 18. Like we both, I mean, it sounds like you, I was decided. Like there was no way in hell I'm going to college. I'm not getting a job. And back then for me, I was a bodybuilder. So I was, uh, for oh, me, fighters. oh my yeah. gosh, crazy, right? like another person yeah it, it is another person i think another soul entered me uh at one point so it is it is crazy but so for me i was like oh i'm gonna be uh you know a gym shark athlete i'm gonna be a fitness vlogger and it's funny to see how it evolves it's like no you're the mushroom guy um or whatever <laughs> so <laughs> i would have never guessed i would have never guessed um you know like uh, just another segue here. I'm I'm going all over the place now. I'm thinking about the bodybuilding thing. I mean, psychedelics were what got me off steroids. Yeah, wow. Well, I mean, that that would do it. <laughs> right. I mean, I so like so I was on steroids from 17 to 21, and I was like the last six months of my steroid usage, I started smoking weed before all my workouts which was like all was was like starting that process of eroding my illusion it was like okay dude i'm in this dark gym i'm sticking needles in my chest this is miserable and then i did acid for the first time and i was i woke up the next day never touched them again became a real estate agent started doing mushrooms twice a week and um here we are yeah well definitely went on a different path for that one <laughs> yeah yeah it was crazy but along the whole time i was I, I was always trying to figure out my my thing. Like even when I, there was a time where I was a real estate agent, I was selling on Amazon and I was making a lot of money, but I was like vlogging everything. And I was like, like my whole YouTube channel is me selling on eBay and shit. Um, I was always trying to be a content creator. Like above all, mm -hmm. that was where I was always coming back to putting my energy. Yeah, I think it's it's funny. Sometimes I'll tell like older family members what it is that I do. And without a doubt, the first question they always ask is like, so are you making any money with that? <laughs> like, how do you make money? <laughs> what about insurance? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super. It's, yeah, but I feel like so many young people just know that the possibility and the opportunity is there. So yeah, how fun. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I uh, I have that too, where it's like they just don't even understand that the, the, most people I tell they don't even understand. I'm like mm. I run people's TikTok account, mm. and they're just like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever make yeah. any money in the uh, circus?" Yeah, I mean, it was a job. Yeah. yeah. I, it depends what kind of gigs they were. I mean, I wasn't really in an opportunity to be selective when I was performing full time. So I'd take shopping center gigs where I'd dress up as an elf and do cartwheels around for, you know, $30, $40 an hour. Or, you know, sometimes I'd do these really high class corporate gigs where I'd be getting you know, $2,000 for my five minute act. And it's mm. just very sporadic, very in between. And then the street performing was um, a bit more consistent when I was doing that. Wow. So when did you start all of that? Like the shooting bow and arrows upside down mm -hmm. while doing handstands and all that shit. Like, were you a gymnast at a young age? Yeah, I was really into rhythmic gymnastics growing up. And then once I was 17, I was kind of approaching the end of school and I thought, oh God, like, what am I going to do? And when you're in the circus industry, they, it's easier. You, you're more employable as a performer when you have multiple acts. So, you know, if, if the circus is hiring you, then you can be in the show three times doing three different skills. And at the time I was really into handstands and I was really into contortionism and had the flexibility. And um, 
had kind of heard of foot archery before. Um, so yeah, I just bought a bow and I began just pitching to different companies and performers saying, you know, oh, I can do this foot archery act and um, just pitching it before I could even really do the skill. And then, yeah, it received like emails back straight away, booking me for like a few months away. So I just began like, you know, trying, trying, trying. Um, and yeah, just put in the hours to do the foot archery. And yeah, I think at the beginning I could only shoot accurately like one or two meters because I was just working on a tiny stage. And now I've just broken the Guinness World Record for foot archery, which is pretty exciting. Um, I saw that. Congratulations. Um, thanks. Yeah, it's great to, you know, I spent six years <laughs> doing this seemingly like useless task in the real world. <laughs> like this is super bizarre thing, but at least now I can say that I've become most accurate at it. <laughs> it's insane. And you're saying like, I could only shoot one or two meters. It's like, dude, most yeah. people can't even stand on their hands. Yeah. I yeah. can't. I mean, I, I can't do a handstand for more than five or six seconds. Not yet, but not maybe. yet. Yeah, of course. I'm practicing. I do practice. <laughs> that is fucking nuts. I love that you pitched it though before you could do it. Yeah, I mean, I've I, always done that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a form of manifesting for sure. <laughs> I agree, and it and it puts you into the position where there's no other option but to figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Because pressure is good, stress is not so good. But if you're putting a healthy amount of pressure and you have that knowing and that ability and you can see yourself doing it, it's, yeah, perfect recipe for success, I think. Yeah, I mean, I look at my business, for example. The sun keeps fucking moving. Um, I look at my own business, you know, and I was like, my first, what are you doing? <laughs> The lighting. This is like, just so funny. Oh, the sun keeps moving. God damn it. <laughs> Who would have thought? Well, I don't think it's the sun. It's just, I don't know what's going on over here. There's something going on with the sun. Um, <laughs> um, but no, with my own business, I mean, my first clients were like these big artists. And I just hit them up and I was like, yo, I can do this. It's like, I can do this. I had nothing to show for it, but I convinced these guys to send me thousands of dollars and I figured it out. There you go. Well, there you have it. Yeah. I think that's a valuable thing. I think that's something people could try. Mm. If, if you, if you feel confident. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, I think rolling with that momentum, that internal momentum or like mm. that internal inspiration. That's what I'm trying to work on now. Like I always have a, somewhat schedule that I like to keep to but if I really feel motivated to do like a particular task or a particular creative activity or the energy is flowing then I just need to stop whatever it is that I'm meant to be doing or plan to do and just go mm. uh, or whatever that go with the momentum when it comes do you have those those flows oh, that's <laughs> I live in the flow that's all I have no schedule I have <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm riding the wave at all times. I go where I know I need to go. I go have that experience. If I feel like I need to go have that experience, I'm going to go have that experience. I'm not going to think about it. I really genuinely do not think much. Brilliant. Amazing. That's where you want to be. <laughs> I don't. Like, yeah, I think there's obviously a time and place to thinking and planning and preparation. But yeah, the more in the now you can be, the better. Yeah, I'm just in this place of where like I have realized there's no point in me trying to force anything or trying mm. to like will something into existence. It doesn't mm. mean that you don't put forth effort. But what I mean is like, I'm really just paying attention to what's in front of me and what's going on inside of me mm. and, and acting within that, because I believe that the next step is always in front of you. I really believe that it's always in front of you. So I'm trying not to look because when you start thinking, 
there's infinite possibilities of what could go down. And for me, that's just a distraction. So I'm just like, I'm just going to keep walking forward. And obviously there's times of reflection where you do stop and you do look at the situation, come up with a plan. Mm. But then I don't like hold myself to like this strict, strict structure. If Mm. that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Easier said than done. Are you into meditation? I am. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, breath work. My baby's over here on the door. Breath work meditation long walks in nature it's cliche and everybody's talking about these things but it really is it's very important it's part it's as you talked about earlier with the psychedelic experience that's part of the integration because mm. i notice how if i go a few days don't do any breath work go do a few rounds of the wim hof method i mean i'm just totally back in my heart totally back in my body Mm. and I'm out of this totally I genuinely don't believe that I would ever be able to live in like a city ever again just having that disconnect from nature I think about how many times I'd be you know working a gig and have to stay stationary in a city for a month and you're just being in this like skyscraper building and yeah I think I don't think I could do that anymore like I had more resilience to it when it was more regular or more frequent, but now not so much. Yeah, I luckily I've I never spent much time in the city. I grew mm. up uh in the country. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ohio, the state of Ohio. I've heard bits and pieces. But yeah, that's where I'm from. Um Ohio, it's just like is that where everyone in America like gets married and has kids really young. <laughs> it's like the stereotype. <laughs> There's like a whole Twitter niche of like the Ohio. Oops. You're kidding that me. Right? That's true. That's real. That's true. I'm not on Twitter. I don't know. That's real. Yeah. That's what you think of Ohio. Cause that's true. By the way, yeah, it's, that's true. It's TikTok niche. Sorry. Yeah. Like the Ohio drama. Like that is so funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> How can you? I, what's that? <laughs> How to you? Good place. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a beautiful place. I grew up on the Great Lakes, mm. so northern Ohio. Like gr- living in inland, bumfuck nowhere, Ohio would be miserable. But luckily, I grew up on the lake, fishing on the boat, that kind of thing. There's islands. It's a beautiful area. But you know, I'm I I've never spent much time in the city. Even when I'm here in California, I'm in Santa Barbara, which where I Santa Barbara is the most beautiful nature most beautiful beaches most beautiful mountains i'm i'm in a valley right now at at a ranch in the mountains i'm looking out there's mountains all around me it's pretty amazing um that is my vibe as well i hate la every time i'm in la i feel like satan is trying to get into my body yeah it's (laughs) It's pretty dark pretty interesting place that's portrayed by the media especially you know isn't it the city of dark angels this like this is the hollywood it's it's a very dark energetic place it's the From worst what I've heard. I've no i mean <laughs> it is 1000 percent out of all places i've ever been it is the worst place mm. like energetically it's interesting though that they sell you this dream you know if you can just make it to hollywood then you know, you'll be in and all your dreams will come true. And, you know, even as an Australian, like I know so many girls and boys that grew up with that had this dream of, you know, going to Hollywood and being the young child star and like oh my God. just through like being exposed to American like TV as an Australian. Yeah, we still have that culture. We're on the other side of the planet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, LA is the heart of the matrix. Yeah. Like that is where. It all goes down. L.A. culture influences not. And like you just said, L.A. culture, it not only does it control all of American culture, because now that everything's globalized and digitalized, what's going all the content creators and all the people that the kids are watching on YouTube and TikTok, they're in L.A. L.A. culture 
is influencing the entire fucking world. And it's the darkest place on earth. That's why the world is listening to terrible music, mm. watching terrible shows, <laughs> watching terrible content creators that mm. they're that all they talk about is Ferraris and bitches and clubs. It's dark energy. What do you think about TikTok? I know that you you know, I you feel like you you first built a community based upon that platform, hey. And then you've since then expanded to other platforms, but your primary audience was on there. Well, it's weird. It's weird because like that's where I have the biggest audience mm -hmm. followers wise. Yeah. Um, but I've never felt at home there. Like on mm -hmm. Instagram, I have like a really cult following. Mm -hmm. And like, so even though there's way less followers, I feel more at home on Instagram. Like, I feel like if I need something, like if I make a post, somebody's going to be there to whatever I need. I need somebody to edit this. I need somebody to, I need this. I need that. Boom. There's somebody there. I don't know how to explain it. Do you feel that way? I mean, I just feel more connected on Instagram, TikTok. The followers don't even, your followers don't even see your shit on TikTok. It's just a vanity metric. It's all for yeah. you page anyway. It's literally a vanity metric. So I love being like, oh yeah, you know, check out my TikTok. I have followers over there. But at, at the same time, like I'm, I spend almost zero time on that app. If I'm not posting, I'm not on that app. Yeah. Yeah. What about I you? I, cause I initially got my first like following and translated people over to my Instagram through TikTok. And I had an account that I grew in six months to 1.2 million followers. And then they just like wiped it, <laughs> wiped it. No questions asked. This was like on TikTok. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok. This was like two years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's happened to me yeah. before. It wasn't that many followers, but yeah, I built a TikTok account. and it... So brutal. And then it's like super discouraging because I mean, I obviously started, I guess it sounds so lame, but like I learned how to create short form content because of that app, which in turn mm. helped me create these really amazing audiences on all of the other platforms. But at the same time, it's like not <laughs> the most like uh, positive app to be contributing to. And there's so much censorship that goes on there. And you really have to be careful with the content that you're putting out. And, you know, when you look at what actually is getting pushed on TikTok, it's not for the benefit of our consciousness. <laughs> you know, it's like the um, hypersexualization. It's this yeah. like woke culture. It's these influences in America. Sad usually. ass songs, depressing yeah. ass music. Yeah. And it's just like, taken over the world so i've definitely yeah. gotten away from that platform but yeah i spent so much time on there to begin with but i'm definitely having my distance <laughs> yeah i'm putting my like i i trust in mark zuckerberg <laughs> and meta like i don't trust him but <laughs> i no 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 listen no i don't trust him of course not but i trust that meta which owns Instagram is yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. They're going to continue to innovate like they do with different ways for creators to get paid with collaborator posts, with all these ways that they continue to innovate. They're going to keep doing that. TikTok, on the other hand, I don't fucking know. I could wake up tomorrow and that shit could be gone. Mm. I don't know. They're tyrannical. It's yeah. a dictatorship. Yeah. They've gotten out yeah. of control. It's like, you can't even, I can't like, I hate to say it, but like, I feel good about being on Instagram compared to being on TikTok. I don't feel good about being there. I don't feel good when I'm there. Yeah. I've curated my Instagram in such a way where like, I'm seeing only things I want to see. I have a lot of like close friends that I'm communicating with on Instagram. So it's like more of a good vibe. Mm. TikTok is just like a, it's a nightmare. And most of the comments on my videos, that's what I do the most on there. If I'm not posting, going through comments, usually while a video is uploading in the top, I'll be like going through comments on other videos. And most of them don't even make any fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The quality isn't quite there. But even with Instagram, like 
comparatively to like Twitter as a space, I really, I mean, the censorship is definitely real on Instagram. I'll share something mm. from Western Price about like the vaccine or just like a funny post and then my stories just won't get shown to like three quarters of the amount that it would for like a couple of days. So they're just like warning me or I've posted about climate change before and then they just like capped my views to 10,000 compared to, you know, 300,000. So it's very um, easy to see that the censorship, censorship is alive and well on that platform. But And YouTube. Yeah, yeah YouTube's one that I haven't quite cracked yet. Talk to me about Twitter, because I honestly, it's funny, um, you've played a role in this. I've been I've been sitting around the last couple of weeks really debating on getting on Twitter. I've never done Twitter, really. I mean, I know what it is. I've had accounts in the past when I was younger, but like I've never really done it. Do you think I could download Twitter and and actually grow on Twitter or do you have to already have an audience? Is it too late? It's not too late. I only started two months ago and now my account's okay. at 100K. Almost oh. 500,000 away. So yeah, okay. it's really amazing for growth. The organic reach is there. The more, not controversial, but the more authentic you can be with your opinions, the more likely you're going to attract the right kind of crowd as well as, you know, some hate from people who don't like so. But yeah, it's a great place to be posting your short form content. In the last two months, we've had between 40 to 60 million impressions each month. It's like, yeah, the place to be. And, you know, wow. you can talk a lot about your beliefs. I don't get censored for anything vaccine related, anything, you know, psychedelic, questioning the matrix. Like you don't experience it. Well, I haven't experienced it. Yeah, from the platform. Um, I, okay, I'm sold. I'm gonna get on there. I I didn't I didn't know I didn't realize that you'd only got on two months ago. I figured you'd probably been uh, nurturing it for a while. Um, I kind so of you're... Would, yeah, I would repost my content, but didn't really put in the time or wasn't showing up every day um, compared to now. But yeah, I've really been just you know when I work on a platform, I'll just try and go for it and just spend all of my attention like working out the intricacies and how to create content that performs well on there. So Twitter's the time for that now. Yeah. Mm. And so you're posting the things you're posting on TikTok and Instagram, the clips, you're posting those on Twitter too? Yeah. Yeah. I think Elon Musk has already talked about how they're going to start pushing short form video content soon and uh, provide a way for people to monetize their video content. So yeah, definitely the place to be. And like no one is creating videos on Twitter. So if you can create a good quality video, then yeah, you're already standing up in the crowd. I have hundreds of videos. Yeah. Podcast ready clips ready to fucking go. Holy <laughs> shit. This is wow. I, I, I swear I this is so crazy. We were having this because I was literally sitting there working at the coffee shop today. And mm. I was I was about to download it. I didn't because I was just like, ah, I was like, ah, I don't know why. I just have like Another this resistance. <laughs> Yeah. And, and like any time I did spend on Twitter in the past, it was terrible experience. Like it How was so? just, um, too, just very negative, very trolly. Mm. I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. I haven't been there since Elon Musk cleaned everything up though. <laughs> It's definitely there. It's like the harshest platform for feedback and personal comments. But I think by this point, you've probably built up a disconnect from, you know, I think it's you the best quantification for me is to just post and then leave it and then come back and then have dedicated time to reply to comments. But you can't just be checking this and that and have feelings be influenced by the reaction they get because, you know, why would you want to live in that state? I haven't, I didn't like it. <laughs> Some, that yeah, happened to me the other day. I got caught in a trap where I ended up deleting a video. Yeah, wow. Well, it was a video of me talking about um, DoorDash. You know what DoorDash is, right? Yeah. yeah. It was it was me talking about when I was DoorDashing for a living and how I would drive around and smoke 10 joints and listen to uh, 10 hours of Ram Dass. And um, I was really, I was like, it was like late at night. I'm, I'm high, and somebody comments, "This is driving under the influence, dude." And I'm like, oh, I don't want to put anything incriminating out there. <laughs> so I fucking deleted it, but it was going off on TikTok. It was going viral. I should have left it up. 
but it is what it is. It happens. I'm just for everybody listening. What she just said is real. You can't live in yeah. it while it's while it's starting to bubble and fizzle and get reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Comes a bit much. Yeah, dude, that's a real thing. That is a real thing with this content creation space is the it's easy to get obsessed. Because mm. I, I feel like. You go. No, go ahead. I just have such a disconnect to it now. Like my day could go from here to here if I received like a really deeply personal comment that like um, was like attacking me or when people try and piece together these like really intricate opinions of me based upon like a video here and a video there or like when people try and guess your life or it just oh geez it it's so insane like the assumptions that people make about these short form videos that you put on the internet that I've really gotten to a point now that I just like have such a disconnect like my real world is nothing it's like not tied to this um online personality (laughs) so it's easier to you know have that separation but yeah for the first few months it was like overwhelming because you know I was used to performing in front of 50 people or 100 people or 500 people and then all of a sudden there's like 30 million people watching your your content it's like incomprehensible how many people that is so yeah now it's uh at that point but I don't know about you I definitely had a few months just like um like it's hard to regulate all of those emotions when it's it's the most it's not a very naturally human thing to experience to be exposed to that many different opinions of you from all different cultures and experiences and like it's just not natural so oh my god daddy's money white privilege yeah all this (laughs) wacko shit I'm just like oh my god you have no idea yeah you have no idea dude hmm do you pay the $8 a month on Twitter? Uh, yeah, I do. Just because I think, um, yeah, it's good. I have a lot of fake accounts because I talk a lot about like crypto and NFTs and stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of like scammy pages that follow me. So, yeah, it helps having that tick. Yeah. What does that do? Does it like just filter filter it out differently or or what? Oh, I guess when people see the tick with your name, it like has a bit of authenticity. If somebody's like a scammer, they probably won't go through the process of, you know, uh, getting the blue tick on their profile. And they also have cool functions like um, there's like a news portion of Twitter. And when you get the blue tick, they'll um, show you like the highlighted news stories that are trending at the moment. You can, you know, toggle that setting to like an hour or two hours or half a day and just see what's trending and yeah, on the benefits, but I mean, I didn't for a month, so it was fine. Maybe you don't have to. Don't give in if you don't want to. <laughs> no, I, f- I feel like if I'm going to be on there, I just got to invest like into it. Mm-hmm. I got to, I might as well. It is funny though, like the $8 a month situation, like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because it's like, it's not like they're not exploiting my data as well and making money that way. Mm. <laughs> and now they're just after this fee, but yeah. What do you think about Elon Musk? Um, I think he's doing some positive things um, in terms of censorship, but I don't think he's part of the light I don't think he's a good guy I think he's um you know playing this character and building this platform and getting people on his side and then you know when you look about what is he actually doing he's trying to microchip everyone (laughs) he's Mm. trying to microchip everyone he's trying to replace um cars with electric cars that they have more control over us for so he's I don't know he's just building this like control network with the Starlink and you know he's an he's agent of the matrix things. yeah yeah when, when you look at it it's like what's his end goal you know chip us all 
get away from the earth. Like it's not, it's not positive. And I think a lot of people are trusting him or thinking of him as a good sign when, yeah, he is this matrix figure. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it. Cause I feel the exact same way, you know, yeah. our boy, our mutual friend, Mr. Maze yoga is all in on Elon. And I tried to tell him, I've tried to tell him I've sat in the car and told him this, <laughs> these same things. Um, yeah. It's fascinating. He is good at getting people invested in him. Yeah, I think, yeah, sometimes people are cautious and, you know, he's obviously playing a long game, so it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Um, it'll be interesting to see who takes the chip and who doesn't. <laughs> you know, we think th we, we thought the shot was the great, the great, uh, <laughs> separation that'll be interesting yeah i know I've, I've talked to some people and they say you know if they could have all of these abilities and this and that why would they not take it and it's very easy to see that they'll start using influences like you know when um nfts kind of became popular they started picking out like random small little artists and then they started doing nfts and using this technology and then you know they became multi-millionaires and you could too i think they'll use that same concept with the chip and you know chip a regular guy he becomes this entrepreneurial figure gets multi-millions and you could have all of this success too if you just got <laughs> got chips and received all this information and technology and had the resources and yeah i think it's going to be a lot of that going on when it comes out Damn, that is crazy to think about. And isn't it funny how it all feeds back into materialism, consumerism, mm. get the chip so you can ma make more money, so you can buy more mm. things. Mm. That's what the whole culture operates on is this consumer material shit. Yeah. At, and I think part of this like lifestyle, I guess you could say that people like us are practicing and sharing. For me, I, I've realized I need to get way more conscious about my consumption as a whole. Like we need to be looking at, at like the food, like what kind of packaging, what we're buying comes in or like, like, like trying to reduce my trash, all of it. I'm realizing I need to do all of these things. I need to buy used things instead of new things antiques Terrence McKenna used to talk about this he's like we need to become fascinated with antiques and yeah. quit buying new things because not only is it it's not serving us but it's literally destroying the earth exactly and I think every dollar you spend is a vote you know you're voting for the direction that you want the earth to go in but it does become problematic when you know the products that are being made for us now aren't built to last like they used to <laughs> You know, things are specifically built with cheaper materials so that these companies pay, sorry, make more profits. And then, you know, they'll break sooner so that we can buy them again. It's like, it's, yeah, it, it, at the same time, it can also be really time consuming to buy secondhand because finding quality things now that are made to last is not really an easy task. You know, no, it can be it's, done it's, a lot of time. Yeah, no, it's not easy, but, um, and, you know, nobody, none of us are going to be like perfect, but I, I'm just like bringing light to things that I'm, I'm trying to think about more. Of course, do I still order shit online sometimes? Yes. Mm. You know, do I still buy a shirt at Urban Outfitters? Yes. You know, what's the last um, thing you bought? The last thing I bought? Yeah. This. Yeah. This milk. Solid yeah. And passion. Good vote. It, it is a solid purchase. It's a great vote. It's raw milk, but this is trash. I, I, this is yeah. this is fucking trash. Yeah. If we could see at the end of every day a pile of all the trash that we contributed to that day, oh my god, we'd be sick. Yeah, because even milk is a weird one. Like we used to have glass bottles. To store milk in <laughs> why the shift the plastic i guess yeah get cheaper cheaper that's it's all it's all about that bottom line it's all mm. about the bottom line it's all about the profit 
Mm, yeah, it certainly gets pretty complex because, you know, obviously these small local farmers are trying to make a profit to, you know, stand up for these big mass produced, you know, conventional dairy farms. And it's like, you know, what can they do? <laughs> I know that's why I love to see you uh, like showing the biodynamic farm and supporting them and shouting them out. That's what we can do. That's what they can do. They can team up with people who have a lot of influence. Yeah, exactly. I love, yeah, bioorganic farm. They're just a little local um, produce farm. It's pretty amazing. Like the... They have like three generations working on the farm at the moment and just knowing that the soil that they're using now is going to be, you know, nutritious and right for the future generations to come is like priceless, you know, it, it, and they, we have a lot of conversations in person about how they truly believe that this organic farming practice can be upscaled, you know, just the more people buy it, the more that they can expand on. And it's like, it's not impossible to think that we can, uh, at least in Australia, you know, feed more people with organic than non-organic conventional produce that's destroying the earth and isn't nutritious. And it's such a crazy rabbit hole to go on. The, when you think about like all of these people who think that they're being healthy buying conventional produce, but the soil is just so depleted that the vegetables don't have any nutrients in them anyways. That's the and, problem. That is yeah. the problem right there. So what's the solution to keep spraying, keep spraying the soil, keep putting more chemicals into it. And it's like, it's just, it's very problematic. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think, I think that's one thing that we need to be talking about always is the regenerative agriculture, both for produce and for meat. Yeah. Have it's you, so um have you sorry i didn't mean to interrupt have you so you buy organic produce like organic fruits yeah i mean so right now it's winter mm. so i'm i'm really not even eating much fruit my my diet right now is literally meat milk butter mm. i've heard <laughs> that in america the certified organic regulations aren't as strict compared to australia as well like a lot of organic isn't truly organic overseas yeah yeah i mean so when i would so i'm i'm in this weird phase where i'm like moving around right now but at my house in ohio yeah i don't i will not go to the grocery store i drive up to ann arbor michigan it's about two hours and there's an amazing farm stop up there where they just source from all the best organic farms in michigan and i go there you can get your meat your organs your fish your produce, a lot of it's Amish certified organic. Mm. And, you know, that's th that kind of place is your best bet, you know, mm. something like that. Or if you know the p place personally, like in Ohio, I had a guy and he had a local, uh, he had a farm where he did grass fed beef. So those are like your best bets out here. I mean, right now I'm in Santa Barbara. I'm still getting my feet on the ground. I'm trying to find out you know where to go but there's a really great grocery store called lazy acres where you can go and get your raw milk your grass-fed stuff but yeah you got to be careful with like i i just i really have learned to like use my intuition on this now like even mm -hmm. if i see something and it's organic i'll just i'll like pick that up that piece of fruit and i'll just be like mm, that's not it yeah um and then for example I would show you like just show you around like here on this property there's avocados and oranges and lemons and this is like the best <laughs> oh this is the best because none of this is being grown for commercial use it's just it's just doing its thing like no one's caring for it no one's spraying anything on it and it's the best it's the absolute best it's nature it's nature intended yeah yeah well i think we touched on a lot of important subjects and like we mentioned maybe we're not here to educate you i know all there is to know about that but um possibly inspire you to look into it more exactly and just one more thing before we um sounds like we're segueing out of this conversation um 
this information that I feel like I talk about a lot in my line online, you don't need to have a uni degree to find out. Like this is important information that is shared between community. It's like when you ask your farmer and, you know, I'm relaying it out to my audience because it's something that is so important to talk about, but you don't need to be studying agriculture. You don't need to, you know, have that experience to learn about these things that just make sense, you know, (laughs) connecting with nature, eating in harmony with nature. And you don't always need, yeah, you don't need to go to uni four years to realize that it's true to <laughs> live in alignment with nature and support your community. I can't stand those comments. <laughs> Talking about cycles thinking, oh, well, how, what do you know about your hormones? Like what? It takes a few sources to find out and learn and to be able to track your cycle. You don't need to go to uni and uh, study gynecology to, to learn about this stuff. That's super important for everyone to know. We're missing out on these rites of passage and in our culture we don't have this like sharing down of information through elders in the same way that we used to so it's so important to you know do our research and find out from community and share and you know (laughs) you don't need to yeah do all that study to learn these things that's a great point and well well, the problem is that we've been so fucking force-fed this idea of diverting to the expert Go Mm. to the doctor, do what he Mm. says, what this fucking fat geriatric fuck says. He doesn't know anything about fucking health, but go do what (laughs) he says. Like we, you know what I'm saying? We've just like, we've been so conditioned to give up our sovereignty to the authority figure that we are exposed to at any given moment, whether that be the teacher or the police officer or somebody else knows best. Yeah. That guy knows what you need, so you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. And and <clears throat> I think that I, I love just I've realized that's really what I am and, and what you are, too, is just like a walking, living permission slip for you to stand up and say bullshit mm. to the powers that be. Because they don't have your fucking best interest in mind. You don't need you don't need to divert to experts. Like you said, anybody can go read a few things, look into something, and come to their own conclusion. You mm. are a sovereign individual. You not only are free to, but you are obliged to participate in your own life. Yeah. We can't keep putting it off to the experts because the experts are fucking us in the ass. Mm. We can't keep putting it off to the experts. We got to take the power back. Exactly. And we have access to so much information, so many resources online from, you know, experts in holistic fields. And, you know, you don't have to trust your doctor down the road from advice when you can ask like an elder or someone who studied women's health from a, an holistic approach who's, you know, sharing that information somewhere else. You know, we're so fortunate. And yeah, you're right. Getting back that personal sovereignty and yeah, that power. <laughs> so important. Well, and the, so this is, this is what, what, what I'll end this with is asking you this is be. I was going to ask you, like, what is all of this for? Like, what is all of this that you're doing for? And I think what it is for is what we just said. Reclaiming the power, reclaiming the sovereignty Mm. and sharing that frequency. Because when we all do that, that's Mm. when the world becomes a fucking decent place. Exactly. And it's not necessarily for like a specific philosophy or specific ideology. It's just about, you know, um, truth, love, community, living in harmony in nature, all these principles. It's not like you're pushing a specific agenda. It's just these no. like positive things for our, for our, for our world. And yeah, this frequency. Well, I think that, uh, I think you're doing amazing work yeah, thanks, and, Jack. um, Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy we finally made our podcast happen. Shannon and I, I think the first time we scheduled a podcast was about eight months ago and uh, we finally made it happen. And I will also disclaim it was hundred percent my fault. So. Maybe oh, there's a bit of that. Yeah. Now, and now it is. And I'm glad it was.
Yeah. Do you have any final messages uh, to the people? Take your shoes off. (laughs) Go on the earth. I don't know. Eat some fruit. Mm, Give someone a hug. (laughs) That's it. That's the key. (laughs) All right, Shannon. Everybody, um, you probably already follow Shannon if you're watching, but um, your Instagram is Shannon Jones Official. No, official no, Shannon no. Jones. Not at all. It's it's all, all of my social medias are Shannon Michaela. Oh, Shannon Michaela, that's right. Where did I get yeah. official? Where did I get that from? Oh, Shannon Michaela, and that's Shannon with an E. By the way, it's the only Shannon I've ever seen with an E. Not like other girls. <laughs> <laughs> so cringy. Clearly, hilarious. Amazing. Oh. So every everybody, go follow Shannon. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribed already. Hit the link. Check out Malama Mushrooms. I'm feeling mushroomy t-shirts. And stay weird. Stay free. Love you guys. Peace out. (laughs) Stop. Boom.